Hello, hello, hello. What's up? This is Billy Carson, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's going to be another great night. And uh, as I told you guys, I will be back for another part of this amazing topic, talking about was the Bible copied from ancient texts. And today's um, actual title is, it's along the same lines. I'm still going by the ancient text. Uh, we're going to go to some super, super ancient texts tonight. And we're talking about, could Jesus be the student of Thope or could they be the same person? And I'm going to go into ancient text and the modern day Bible. And I'm going to let you guys come up with your own conclusions as to what you think. All right. So it's going to be an amazing night. Please share this video. Uh, if you're on here now, share this link with some other people. Let's get as many people watching this as possible. If you want to free some slaves tonight, some mental slaves, send this video out to them. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. They need to hear this knowledge. They need to learn this knowledge tonight because we know that uh, a lot of people are still mentally enslaved by the religions of old. It has literally locked them down and put them in a mental prison for eons. And they keep coming back and recycling back into this third dimension and falling for the same old tricks. At some point, we have to break out of that cycle. We have to ascend and become an ascended master. We have to gain Christ consciousness and understand exactly what that means, which I'll go over that tonight as well. All right, so please share this video. Make sure you click the like button so we can get the algorithms going. You know how they, they got us with those algorithms. We got to click that like button. We have to share this video and get as many people on here as we possibly, possibly can. All right. Uh, so it's going to be a great night. I'll be reading out of the compendium of the Emerald Tablets. This is my book. It's still a bestseller. It fluctuates between number one and number two on Amazon for the last four years. It's a bestseller in five countries not just in the United States, five countries, bestseller, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets by Billy Carson. And, um, you know, I, I came across the Emerald Tablets in 2000, around 2009, 10, right? And I was digging into some ancient texts and researching ancient tablets and so forth lightly, not really deep, just kind of glazing over because I was interested in interested in traveling to some ancient sites. I had started my travels to go review some sites in person. <clears throat> then around 2000, later in 2010, I had a great experience, an amazing experience that led me deeper into ancient texts. And that's when the compendium of the Emerald Tablets, well, not the compendium, but the Emerald Tablets of Thoth came back up again. The compendium was the book that I wrote. And I started reading the Emerald Tablets. And the more I read, the more I felt like I was gaining enlightenment. The more I read, the more different paradigms seemed to be shifting. The more I read, the more open my eyes became. And I was like, wow, this is an amazing book. The more I read, the more technology I began to see correlating with current times, the more quantum physics and quantum mechanics, classical physics, uh, spirituality, you know, philosophy. And of course, I could see then where all religions got their information. <laughs> they got a lot of it from the, from the Emerald Tablets. So I wrote a compendium about the Emerald Tablets. 
And that's what this book is. It's a compendium. It's a breaking down of the knowledge and the wisdom in the tablets. And I include the tablets in here. I also include the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, which is a single tablet that he also wrote. And that tablet's on display at Cambridge in the UK. The Emerald Tablets of Thoth are located underneath the Vatican in the Vatican Archive. One day we're going to get in that, in that, into that Vatican and we're going to get those books, that knowledge that they're hoarding down there in the Vatican. They're hoarding five miles worth of knowledge underground at the Vatican, their own personal kingdom that they have there. I'm going to do a whole video podcast on the Vatican and the, and the archives and the popes, the white pope and the black pope. And I don't mean black skin like a black man or African. I mean the black pope a Pope that you probably never even heard of before that exists, the super Jesuit general that controls the world. I'm going to do a whole podcast on that, but that's for another night. All right. That's for another night. But tonight we're going to go into the Emerald Tablets and I'm going to be reading from the compendium of the Emerald Tablets. I'll drop a link here. If you guys don't have this book, there's a reason why it's a bestseller all over the world. Let me see if I can find it here. Find you a quick link. Let me just type in Billy Carson on uh, Amazon real quick and drop you guys a link. The forward to the book was written by Jimmy Church from Jimmy Church Radio. So thank you, Jimmy Church. Shout out to Jimmy Church for writing the forward to the book. All right. And I'm going to drop the link to it right now in the live chat. So you guys can get access to it. If you're on Twitter and I'm live on Twitter, just go to Amazon.com and type in my name. The book should pop right up. Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. All right. So <clears throat> what I'm going to do tonight is I'm actually going to pull up a power, not, not a PowerPoint. I'm going to pull up a PDF file of the book. I'm going to go through some certain sections where I'm mentioning Jesus. Now, Jesus is not the real name of the person Um being described in the Bible, the Bible is using a false name, using a very false name, all right? Let me read this quick comment here by Enlightened369. Thanks for the donation. It says, broke out of the religious prison long ago, and your book was a catalyst. Thank you for getting the message out. Thank you, Enlightened369. I appreciate you. And thank you for taking the time and the energy and effort to put into freeing yourself from that mental prison, because I can only open a door. You have to walk through it alone. So I'm going to pull up a PDF of the book. And again, like I said, Jesus is not the real name. That's a fabricated name. Name, that name is fake. More of a more of a modern name. And matter of fact, the J didn't even exist until more recently. So it was really Asus is what they were calling out. Asus at the time that they were putting this canonized text together, this book together, this curated re, re, uh, remix of information. And Asus is Hail Zeus. That's what they're saying in ancient tongue. Hail Zeus. So every time you call on, on, on the name of Jesus, when you call on the name of Jesus, you are actually saying Hail Zeus. You're not calling on, you know, the divine God King that you think you're calling on, uh, the son of, you know, the creator of the universe. You're calling on Zeus, you know, an ancient character from Greece that actually is not a, a, a myth. Zeus is actually one of the original Sumerian pantheon. And that's a whole other podcast to get into the names from the original pantheon of Sumeria 
got renamed to the Greek. That's how they do it. You know, the Greek always come in and re they rename everybody. They rename Thoth to Hermes, right? Now, Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, -H, he's uh, considered an uh, Atlantean priest king. He ruled over the land of Egypt for 16,000 years, according to the ancient Egyptians, not according to Billy Carson. According to the ancient Egyptians, he ruled for 16,000 years. And that's actually not a long period of time compared to some of the people who ruled in the Sumerian kings list. Some of those kings ruled for 28,800 years. One person, right? One person. Elvis says, do the ancient tablets speak about resting on the seventh day? <coughs> Great question, uh, Elvis. They don't, they, they don't talk about resting on the seventh day in particular. They actually talk about um, a completion on the seventh day. And then from there, of course, you know, the remix begins. So tonight we're going to go into this. I'm going to pull down this PDF file uh, and I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to start searching so that we can actually get into this thing, all right? Uh, Kevin Hawkins says, Mr. Carlson, actually it's Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N. You said the earth broke apart from Tiamat. Does that mean earth is not round? No, the earth is round. The earth is uh, a round object. It's not a flat object. All planets and moons in the entire universe are spheres. Are they perfect circles? Are they perfect spheres? No, that's impossible. They all have slightly different shapes, but they're not floating disks in the sky. Quantum physics and classical physics have proved that that's actually impossible due to accretion. And so if you study classical physics and quantum physics, you'll find that everything in the universe creates spheres. Everything is a fractal. All right, uh, I'm gonna answer this last question and I'm gonna get into this book. So detailer says, hi, Billy, can you segment speaking on the subject of mediums and clairvoyance? I'll come back to that one at the end of this. We have a medium that actually is on the Forbidden Knowledge Podcast Network, Courtney Kane Sides. Her podcast is Wednesdays at eight o'clock and she's amazing. Actually, clairvoyance and mediumship is supposed to be an actual standard, standard uh, thing that everyone can do. It's just another one of your sensory perceptors. But we've been slightly disconnected from that. Some people are more sensitive to it than others and have the capability of sensing what seemed to be almost impossible. But they're tapping into an etherical realm and they're tapping into records that exist through energetic fields. Um, and I'm gonna talk about the science behind that, the quantum physics behind that. All right, let me get into these tablets, all right? Let me get into these tablets. It's gonna be a great night. And I'm going to share my screen and pull up this. Uh, let me pull up this PDF file here. Let me see what window it's in. Here we go. All right. Let me just make sure it's showing properly. Yes, it is. All right. Great. So this is the inside of the book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, <clears throat> which, by the way, I'll be doing a full read of this book, but it won't be on Kindle. And the reason why it will not be on Kindle is because Kindle doesn't pay any money. They keep all the money. And because they don't pay any money, I'm not doing Kindle because Kindle um, is a way to short circuit the authors from all the hard work, effort and energy that they put out into the universe to create the content. 
And so this just like Spotify and Apple Music and everybody else, you know, they pay 0. 0.0006 uh, per spin, you know, and things like that. And you have people who work a year to make one album and they end up getting like a check for $38 for the year. So <laughs> I'm not playing that kind of game. Uh, and so I'm going to read the book and I'm going to do each chapter. <clears throat> There's 15 chapters. Each chapter is going to be an episode. And that's going to plus all of my, uh, you know, my interjection and my my hypothesis and my theories and philosophy along with it. And so each chapter will be an episode uh, of, an, of a series on Forbidden Knowledge TV. You can listen to it by just pressing play and let it run as an audio. You don't have to you don't have to look at the screen or you can actually watch it. It's up to you, but it's going to be produced and put up on Forbidden Knowledge TV exclusively. And so if you want to listen to the book or watch me read the book and with some extra video graphics and image graphic graphics, you'll be able to you'll be able to watch it on Forbidden Knowledge TV. So get the TV app. It's 4BK.TV for the number four. Right. On um, and I'm going to type this in the chat right quick before I start on the Web. 4BK.TV. Or you can go to Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Samsung TV, iOS App Store, or the Google Play Store and just type in Forbidden Knowledge TV, Forbidden Knowledge, number four, Forbidden Knowledge TV on those app stores and download the free app. And then you can subscribe and get a free trial. Okay. But that's what we're doing. That is exactly what we are doing. All right, let me get back to this file. <clears throat> I have to look around the TV now because the file fell down behind the uh, <laughs> behind this camera. Hold on a second, guys. All right, here we go. Now. Let me pull up the tablets here. And again, guys, make sure you guys share this video. Make sure you share the video, please. We want people to get this knowledge. People need to hear what I'm talking about. They need to learn that there's more information out there than what they've been given. And that what they have been following is not exactly what they thought it was. Okay. <clears throat> so Compendium of the Animal Tablets. Let me read a couple of quotes here from some important people that actually reviewed this book. We have Eric Von Daniken. Eric Von Daniken is a living legend. He's a great grandfather of the ancient astronaut theory. He's traveled the world hundreds of times. His book has been translated, Chariots of the Gods has been translated into over 80 different languages, and he has over 80 million copies sold worldwide. He sparked a lot of brains when he came out with that in the late 60s. Sparked a lot of brains. Since then, he's been a multi-time multi -time best-selling author in many books regarding ancient civilizations and archaeology. The man is a living legend, and he said, I'm so impressed with your work and your research. It was a pleasure. Eric Von Daniken, Chariots of the Gods. And of course, you know Jimmy Church today. Billy Carson brings to our community the Compendium of the Animal Tablets. Finally, we are able to dive deeper into the meaning of what Thoth really intended for us to know, to explore and discover what is truly important about ourselves, 
and the world around us. George Nuri, uh, he's a three-time Emmy-winning radio host, and he's also in the Radio Hall of Fame. And uh, George Nuri says, Billy Carson is an amazing researcher that I, that I have admired for a very long time. I mean, I can go on and on and on here. So lots of great praise for the book. Lots of great, great praise for the book. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a search for Jesus. Let's just start there, right? And we'll start right here. So right now I'm on page, let's see what page, I'm on page 17 in the Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, page 17. And let's go down here. <clears throat> All right. Let's start right above this paragraph where Jesus is highlighted. <clears throat> it says, the Book of the Dead recorded that the god Thoth was a designer and a builder of the Great Pyramid. Now, the Book of the Dead predates the modern day Bible, even though a lot of text in the Book of the Dead made it into the Bible. Proverbs and everything else, right? Isn't that interesting? That a book that's thousands of years older than biblical texts has the same exact words in it, same exact statements in it. Interesting. So the Book of the Dead recorded that Thoth, the god Thoth, was a designer and builder of the Great Pyramid. These words were carved into some stone at the very dawn of civilization on planet Earth. Elements that the same story also appear in the pyramid texts that date to around 2450 B.C., and presented in context that suggested their ancient age. And so what we have as well is the fact that the Emerald Tablets that Thoth wrote, which are inside of my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, in one of the opening verses, he says, Builded I the Great Pyramid. Builded I the Great Pyramid. Matter of fact, that's very important. Let's, let's come right back to this and let's just take a quick peek at that. Okay. Take a quick peek at that. This is very interesting. I'm going to put build it. Okay, so Thoth says, build it, I, the Great Pyramid. I don't after the Pyramid of Earth Force. And that's really important, what he just said there. Let me stop right there. Builded I the Great Pyramid, patterned after the Pyramid of Earth Force. Now, Earth Force is the gravitational field and the electromagnetic field, and the pattern after the Pyramid of Earth Force. We know that Earth itself is also an archetype of a pyramid. As a matter of fact, if you take the Great Pyramid at Giza and you scale it up 43,200 times, it will fit perfectly into the sphere of Earth itself. It will touch all three points. And so we know that the Great Pyramid itself is a perfect representation of the size of the Earth scaled at 432, which is a frequency that we know is a healing frequency in cymatic frequencies in music, right? Isn't that interesting? Then he says, burning eternally so that it too might remain through the ages burning eternally. There's a paya inside the center of pyramids. It's the, the heart of the pyramid generates this energetic source 
that we find through different types of uh, scans. And we know that at the center of most pyramids, you know, there's, there's this what they call a paya, which is this fire that persists inside the pyramid structures. It's this energetic life force that exists that you can feel it when you go inside the pyramid. If you come with me to Egypt this October, last year we took 70 people to Egypt and we all went into the Great Pyramid and we climbed up into the King's Chamber and we did a mass meditation, a chant, a Om chant meditation inside the King's Chamber for about almost an hour. It was mind blowing. If you want to have that opportunity, you got to come with us. I'm going to drop you the link right quick as I'm uh, talking about this, because this uh, we only have, I think, five seats left for October. Okay, five seats left. <clears throat> Workshops, invest. Okay, 10-day tour. Here we go. Oh, let me drop this in the chat right quick for you. If you want to go to Egypt and have that opportunity, here you go. All right, now let me get back to where I was real quick. He says, pattern after the pyramid of earth force, burning eternally so that it too might remain through the ages. In it, I build it my knowledge of magic science. He says inside of there, inside the pyramid, he hid the magic science, which is which translates into advanced technology. We know that the Great Pyramid is a multifunctional stone computer capable of computing an enormous amount of astrological uh, and physical data. And so it's also a star map and everything else. It's all built into the Great Pyramid. I can go on and on and on, but that's going to be a totally separate podcast that I'll get into. When you calculate all the different angles, I've gone through all these numbers dozens and dozens of times and I've come up with all the calculations and all this is in the book as well. But I wanted to let you guys know that the fact is that the Egyptian Book of the Dead, written thousands of years after the Emerald Tablets, but thousands of years before the Bible confirmed that Thoth built the Great Pyramid. I thought that was very important. Get back to Jesus. All right, let's get back here, 42. I want to get back to this one area here. Let's do it this way. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> all right, Jesus is a special subject that we will focus upon more than once throughout the book. The flight into Egypt is a biblical event described in Matthew 2, 13 through 23. The Magi learned that King Herod intended to murder the infants within that area, and soon after, Joseph saw an angel in a dream which told him to flee to Egypt with Mary and his infant son, Jesus, also known as the accurate name, Yeshua. I'm using Jesus in the book because it relates to people's minds a little bit easier, but we know it's actually Yeshua, all right? And so this is a very important statement here because we know that in Matthew, all of a sudden, Jesus disappears from the Gospels at the age of 12. Where does he go? We know that he goes to Egypt because the Bible says he did. And guess what we find in Egypt? 
we find that Jesus was actually there. Not only was he there, but we know that the house he lived in still stands. It's a shrine now in Coptic Cairo, which you will visit with me when you come with me in October to Egypt. All right, if you're coming on a tour, you're gonna get a chance to walk and look at the actual bed that Yeshua slept in when he left and fled and went to Egypt with his mom, <clears throat> okay? It's still there. It's a shrine that people, you know, come there every single day from all over the world to see this 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 this, uh, this shrine inside of this Coptic church. All right, the the area the the house has been converted into a Coptic church basically, but it's still there. Pretty amazing place to go see, um, and you know it lets you know that this person, this entity, really did exist in the physical form. It wasn't just some kind of thought thing. It wasn't that, no, it was real. This was a real person. For those of you who were wondering, this was a real person that existed with flesh and blood. He put on his pants one, one leg at a time, just like we did, okay? Pretty interesting. Now, he was a virgin birth. How do we know about the, the, you know, the time he spent in Egypt? Well, there's this book called The Gospel of the Holy Twelve, and I have these gospels as well. They're very little known, hard to find gospel. The Gospel of the Holy Twelve. I'll put it on the screen right there. The Gospel of the Holy Twelve by S.G.J. Uh, Ausley. Now, what's interesting is these these scriptures were omitted from the Bible. In other words, these 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 verses they were left out. It tells you of Jesus where he was and where he went when he disappeared from the biblical text at the age of twelve thirty-two. He went to Egypt to learn what the Egyptian mysteries. From who? Who was the original creator of the mystery schools? Though the Atlantean priest king. This could be why when you see as I go through this, his words are extremely similar to those words of Thoth written in what? In the Emerald Tablets, the same words that are recorded by him as him speaking in the New Testament of the Bible. Pretty interesting. He then leaves out of Egypt as he gets a little older, and he goes up into Tibet. What does he go to Tibet to do? He goes to learn Reiki healing and Qigong healing with his hands and his body and energetic, how to move energy throughout the body, which is confirmed by the Dalai Lama. In modern times, the newest Dalai Lama has confirmed this. And then he heads down into India to learn the mystic arts and teaching reincarnation all the way back down into Egypt. Then at the age of 32, the Bible picks up again and says, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he turns up in Jer Jerusalem riding in the back of a donkey, right? We know this story. Not everybody knows the story because not everybody has studied like they're supposed to. All right. So pretty interesting. The Gospel of the Holy Twelve. Let me just check Amazon real quick and see what the price is on that, because it varies when they have them in stock or not. Um. And, you know, sometimes you can find a copy for 600, 700 bucks. They're out of, uh, they're out of print. And it's 12 spelled out. Not the one with the number 12. It's the one with the 12 spelled all the way out. Uh, they don't have it. Now it's out right now again. When, it, when somebody puts a used one up, they go very quick. They're usually like, you know, seven, $800 or something like that. I, I think I spent more because I had one that was almost mint. Okay. 
It was almost in mint condition. All right, so pretty interesting. <clears throat> let me get back into this again. This, let me get back into this uh, PDF file. Gotta be, I'm doing this blind because the screen is behind the, the camera. So I'm trying to get back to, there we go. All right, got it. So I'm telling you that Jesus is a huge subject in this script. Now, the Great Pyramid of Egypt has been and still is a temple of initiation into the mysteries. Gnostic texts, such as the first Apocalypse of James, which you probably never heard of, were likely banned because of their different understanding of Jesus's importance. They understood Jesus much more in terms of being a revealer of human wisdom, explains Brent Landau, a religious studies lecturer at the University of Texas at Austin, who presented the findings at the Society of Biblical Literature annual meeting in Boston, November 2017, the first Apocalypse of James manuscript is from the Nag Hammadi Library at Oxford University. Okay. Again, I always bring you guys the receipts. I always bring the receipts. I always bring the receipts. That's one thing is going to be guaranteed. You're going to get the receipts. If you see this image right here, this image on the screen, Excuse me. <clears throat> this image is where Jesus' uh, shrine is. So this is the house that he lived in, which has now been converted into an actual church. <clears throat> On the left-hand upper left corner, that is the area where the bed's located. You'll see that when you come to Egypt with me. You see on the right side where the, the candle is, his name engraved into a steel plate, a bra uh, copper plate that's right underneath the window. <clears throat> Him and his mom's name is there. And then you see the church pews and everything else, which has been built around <clears throat> the shrine. They've converted this into a Coptic church in Old Cairo. These are the living quarters, the former living quarters of Jesus, a.k.a. Yeshua. And this image, these images and photos were taken by me on my own camera. Okay? On my own camera. <clears throat> so... Let's see what we got here. Many believe the Emerald Tablets of Thoth are the source of material for the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. If you read, <coughs> if you read the Apocrypha text, you will find out that Jesus was a student of the Egyptian mysteries and he taught reincarnation and meditation. Yes, Jesus taught reincarnation and meditation. This is what this you have to read the Apocrypha text. Let me see, do I have the Apocrypha here in front of me? No, I have the Book of Enoch, and it's upstairs in my other library, but listen to me. The Apocrypha have so much revealing information in them, it will blow your mind, all right? Blow your mind. So if you read the Apocrypha text, you'll find out that Jesus was a student of the Egyptian mysteries. He taught reincarnation and meditation. I know this to be true because on my last trip to Cairo, that's me, I visited the Coptic church where Jesus and his mother lived while there. They lived under the church in the basement. The Council of Nicaea in 325 AD omitted that information from the canonized Bible. I have included photos that I took in May 2014 of the living place of Jesus and his mother in Egypt, which you just saw those photos. <clears throat> it is still kept as a memorial until now. 
The biblical story of the birth of Jesus is about the sun and planetary alignments. The real person named Yeshua, aka Jesus, <clears throat> is actually Thoth or the son of Thoth. I'll tell you how I come up with this. I'll tell you how I come up with this understanding. So, okay. When you look at the Apocrypha text, you discover something amazing happens. You discover that Jesus's grandmother, Mary's mother, is also a virgin birth. They didn't teach you that in Bible study, did they? <laughs> they didn't teach you that. You discover this when you do deeper research. And so why would the mother of Mary be a virgin birth? It seems as if someone was establishing a particular bloodline. We know that bloodline to be the Merovingian bloodline, the bloodline of Christ. That bloodline is still walking that planet till this very day. And I'll get to that in a second. Now, when you take a, a person and you... Uh, a woman, I'm sorry, a woman, and you insert an egg into her womb at the right time, it's called creating a zygote and then doing in vitro fertilization. You can then create a baby growing in that womb with no sexual intercourse. This is not the first time it's happened in ancient texts. There's an ancient text that goes even further back in Sumeria, where Isis takes an egg out of a woman <clears throat> puts the egg, adds some genetic material to it, puts the egg in her own womb, takes it to term for 10 months and gives birth to Adamu, which means first man. The, uh, some, in some cases, they call him Adapa, but it's Adamu or Adapa, it doesn't matter. It both means first man. Now, again, this is in vitro fertilization happening in ancient tablets. Why would they make this stuff up if it didn't really happen? At that time, Isis created the first Adam, not the first human. There were already people here, according to the tablets. But the most perfected version of a homo sapien sapien came out of her womb, which starts the generations of Isis, the genesis, the genesis. Genesis in the Bible are the generations of Isis, okay? <clears throat> in case you didn't know. Now, this is why they took and America took and named the... Uh, you know, that uh, terrorist organization after ISIS, they try to they try to defame. Everyone tries to turn, you know, to create these negative mindsets over these ancient names, <clears throat> you know? Like in the ghetto, you have thoughts. So they took the name Thoth and turned it into thought, which means something totally nasty and crazy. <clears throat> Everyone wants to take stuff that's sacred and turn it into garbage, all right? Thanks for the donation, guys. I'm going to go, go back to those donations shortly. I got to stay on this PDF for a minute. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> let's see. I have included the photos, like I said before, that took in May 2014 of the living place of Jesus and his mother, which is still a memorial to this very day. The real person named Yeshua is actually Thoth or the son of Thoth, in my personal opinion. More recently, the biggest discovery is a writing called the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. 12 or the gospel of Jesus's wife. Now the gospel of Jesus's wife is actually located in Harvard Seminary School. It's actually in Harvard Seminary. And what this book says is that Jesus got married, <laughs> never got crucified. As a matter of fact, the Sinai Bible 
which is which predates the King James version of the Bible, there was never a crucifixion. Didn't happen. It was added to the Bible by the Romans for more control. <clears throat> Interesting, as they combined all their pagan and non-pagan holidays and everything else into one book and decided if we get the people under this one roof, instead of fighting them, we can keep them under this one thing and we can take their money every week. We can make them pay taxes. We can make them send us offerings. We can make them send us all their food and their, their dead animals so we can cook them and eat them. And so that's what they decided to do. Pretty interesting. So it says here, <clears throat> yes, Jesus was married and had children. His bloodline still walks the earth till this very day. Behind me are photos that I took in May 2014, which I showed you already. A well-known story in the East recounts Jesus was a student of the mystery schools, and upon leaving there, he traveled to Tibet. He learned energetic healing and meditation. This is not me. This is not off my dome. This is coming up out of ancient texts and ancient, ancient records that already existed long before thousands of years before the Bible was written. The Bible was written in 100 AD to 900 AD, long after the people were already dead, gone, bye-bye. History, they were gone, they weren't here. There was nobody walking alongside Jesus saying, say that one more time, I wanna make sure I get it right. Matter of fact, the disciples themselves were actually illiterate men, they couldn't read or write. They couldn't read or write. The Bible wasn't put together the way that you think it was put together. People began to discover a lot of ancient texts and tablets in different caves and archeological dig sites. And they started putting them together. They started capturing them and creating this cache of ancient information. And then they started at some point trying to get as many of them into an organized format, you know, on a calendar scale. And then they wanted to try to create a book out of it. And so they decided what to take out and what to keep. And eventually they came up with, this is what we're gonna go with. And this is what we're gonna plagiarize. This is what we're gonna remix. And that became your Bible, okay? That's how you got it. Those are just facts or facts. There's no way to hide from it. In the information age, ignorance is an excuse, all right? <clears throat> Right, here we go. Many people believe that the Emerald Tablets of Thoth are the source material for the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. If you read the Apocrypha text, you will discover that Jesus was a student of the Egyptian mysteries and he taught reincarnation and meditation. And so when you go in here, it says, I have included photos, which I showed you before. There's more photos in the book. You can check it out on my book. But here's where it gets really important. When you start getting into this information here, the next page is this chapter here. The next chapter, I'm sorry. The History of Thoth the Atlantean, Emerald Tablet Number 1. When you get in here, in this chapter, I will establish a true source of the teachings of Jesus. It appears that most of his biblical teachings and statements come directly from the Emerald Tablets. This also points to the possibility that Jesus may be Thoth or the son of Thoth. Right here, you see this labyrinth. This image that you're looking at right here before I get into the text, this was discovered underneath the sands at Giza where the Great Pyramid is located. The lost labyrinth of Egypt is without a doubt one of those incredible ancient sites that are a lost jewel in today's history. These are the halls of Amenti located underneath the Great Pyramid. 
the same halls of Amenti that Phelps says in the Emerald Tablets that he built underneath the Great Pyramid. Well, they were discovered a few years ago. They're there. There's also a second halls of Amenti, which I took 70 people to last year in October. And we got inside of the rejuvenation chambers. I showed them where they exist underneath the sands of Saqqara. If you want to go and see this for yourself, get inside of one of these rejuvenation chambers that exist in the halls of Amenti. You have to come in October to Egypt. It's going to be an amazing trip. Drop the link in here one more time. There's only a few spots left for that tour. Okay, only a few spots left for the tour. <clears throat> now, let's see here. Let's get to the next section here. Here's where it gets interesting. Thoth says, not as the little men of the present age did, the mighty ones of Atlantis live and die, but rather from eon to eon did they renew their life in the halls of Amenti, where the river of life flows eternally onward. Now, the halls of Amenti is a place where, according to Thoth, he would have these bodies inside of these rejuvenation chambers, and he would transfer his consciousness into new bodies so he can walk amongst men, but unlike a man. Jesus says in the New Testament, the book of John 7:38, he that believes in me out of his being shall flow the river of living water. Halls of Amenti, where the river of life flows eternally. Same exact statement. It's the same exact statement. There's no difference there. Not one difference. Understand here that men of Kim, or let me go up to this, this verse above first. A hundred times ten have I descended in the dark way that led to light. And as many times have I have ascended from the darkness into the light, my strength and power have been renewed. Now for a time I descend, and the men of Kem shall know me no more. Understand here that the men of Kem refers to the people of Egypt, because Kemet is ancient Egypt. Yet notice that we get our word alchemy from this Egyptian name. There are other interesting statements made by the writer Thope. He says that he descended into the halls of Amenti, where there are regen regeneration chambers. Certainly, we can understand the concept of cellular regeneration. He says he has spent a total of 10,000 years, because he says he's done it 100 times 10, regenerating his avatar over the course of many eons. Both also refers to the river of life, stating, I began this incarnation from eon to eon, where the river of life flows eternally onward. Remember how Jesus makes the same reference in John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of flowing, rivers of living water shall flow from within. <clears throat> the more we read the Emerald Tabas, we realize readily that the connection between Thoth and Jesus is there. I believe that this is very possible and they are one in the same. That's my own hypothesis. But in the time you're unborn, will I rise again? Thoth says, mighty and potent, requiring an accounting of those left behind me. Another interesting statement made by Thoth many thousands of years before Jesus tells his disciples that he will rise again. Okay. It's interesting that Jesus says the same thing in Mark 9.31. He says the same exact thing in Mark 9.31. He says he's going to rise again. Let's go back up here a little bit. 
artwork in this PDF file. <clears throat> if ye have falsely betrayed my teaching, for one, for, for I shall cast ye down from your high estate into darkness of the caves from whence ye came. Betray not my secrets to the men of the north, to the men of the south. Least my curse fall upon ye. Remember and heed my words, for surely I will return again and require of thee that which ye guard. I, even from beyond time, from beyond death, will I return, rewarding or punishing as ye have requited your trust. Interesting. In the biblical text of John 14, 20, Jesus says, Jesus declares to his followers, I go away and come again unto you. Tell no one, the son of man, be risen again. Now, here's interesting. Jesus calls himself numerous times the son of man in the biblical text. What does Thoth call himself in the Emerald Tablets? He calls himself the son of Atlantis, and he also calls himself the son of man many, many times. The son of man. Interesting. They both call themselves son of man. <clears throat> Thoth says, for surely I will come again, betray not my secrets. The Bible also teaches of a judgment day. Everyone, the still living and resurrected dead will face God's judgment. Even those who profess Christianity will find judgment through the deeds they have done in life. According to Matthew 7, 21 through 23 and Corinthians 5, 10, those who have lived righteous lives will be granted eternal life. Those who have lived evil lives will be condemned to eternal punishment. This record appears in several biblical, pa biblical passages, including Matthew 5, 29 through 30, 25 through 31 through uh, 25, 31 through 46, and Mark 9, 43 through 48. Again, these statements are very reminiscent of the same thing stated by Thoth over 36,000 years ago. It, Jesus Christ, sometimes referred to as Yeshua, teach reincarnation. The answer is yes. He taught reincarnation. Okay. Additionally, reincarnation appears in the Old Testament. Read the last words of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before coming of the great day of the before coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Here God is speaking through Malachi. That's Malachi 4, 5 through 6. He was uh, a famous prophet, often quoted by great leaders throughout history, including U.S. presidents, Donald Trump and many others, and actually saying Elijah is going to come again. Now we find that Jesus making the same statement. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, among them that are born of women, that there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Matthew 11, 11. We're talking about a person who's coming, who's here, dies in some form or way, and it comes back again within the same time frame as a different person. Still having the same attributes. We're talking about a form of reincarnation, or are they just changing bodies like Thoth says in the Emerald Tablets? Then he says, and if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come, Matthew eleven fourteen, meaning his coming was prophesied. Therefore, Jesus said he came, he was beheaded. They did with him what they did, what they could. And so they will have to do me. 
And we're talking about the fact that this guy came and he and he, he came back again. And Jesus is saying the same thing is going to happen to me. I'm going to get killed and then I'm going to come back again. Are we, we just going to keep coming? Well, how how are they coming back? What are they coming? How how are they doing this? Could it be some form of technology that we're not familiar with? Spiritual technology? Could it be that they are really using what both talked about in the Emerald Tablets? We know that Jesus was teaching reincarnation nonstop in the gospel of the Holy 12 and also in the biblical text. When you really analyze what he's been saying, he's talking about coming back over and over again in the third dimension, in a body. Scriptures concerning the coming again of Elijah flow so prominently through the Bible that anyone uh, can accept the fact that they appear within the context of an already established canon. If reincarnation is so important, why is it not taught in the West? Some religious leaders have attempted to control people using fear tactics by saying, you know, if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to go to hell, which we know was added to the Bible by the Catholic Church. I think the early church fathers feared that if people understood reincarnation, they wouldn't go to church, but would just have a hand at the father and say, well, I'll go into my next life. All right. People will be like, hey, you know, I, I messed up here. Let me try, let me start fresh again. The Apostle Paul teaches the Corinthians. We know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, we're talking about the avatar body, right? That is when we die and leave this earthly body. We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. And we long to put our heavenly bodies on like new clothing. This is biblical text I'm reading. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. This is the Bible. We will not be spirits without bodies. We're talking about physical bodies. We're talking about physical form. People saying, oh, we're going to this place and it's going to be. No, you're coming back in a body, a physical body. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan. Sorry, it is not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Second Corinthians 5, 1. So again, like I said before, there's more teaching of reincarnation in the biblical text than anything. The idea that John uh, had been Elias. So John had been two different people within a certain period of time. <laughs> he, he was one person died he came back as another person and that the prophets could relive again on earth is to be found in many passages of the new testament but is most notably quoted in matthew 16 13 through 17 luke 9 7 through 9 and matthew 17 10 through 13 if this is an erroneous belief jesus would have combated it and did not and, and did many others as did many others but from this, he gave complete sanction and authority by making it a basic principle of necessary condition by adding, no one may reach the kingdom of God if he is not born again. In John 3, 3. Furthermore, insisting such when he added in John 3, 7, do not be surprised when I say it is necessary to be born again. Born again. Where does the term matrix come from? The term matrix comes from the Bible. That comes from the biblical text. Matter of fact, let me pull it up right quick. Let me pull that up right quick. The matrix Bible. 
Let's just pull this up right quick. You got to be born. You got to come through the womb. Exodus 13, 12. Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast. The male shall be the Lord's. All right. Exodus 13, 15. Here goes another one. Uh, Exodus 13, uh, 34, 19. All that openeth the matrix is mine. Every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is the male. Here's the interesting verse, though. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Numbers 13, uh, Numbers 3, 12. And, and I behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix. Among the children of Israel, therefore the Levites shall be mine. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The matrix is all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. The Bible also says in here, says in here that you must be born through the matrix because the matrix is a womb. What are we talking about? We're talking about being born again, which you've heard me talk about many, many times. You must be born again. And it ain't be becoming born again by praying to some exterior deity and begging him to forgive you of your sins. It comes through raising your level of consciousness to a higher level and realizing that you've grown consciously to another level and looking back on your previous level and saying, wow, I've been born again. And you'll be born again many, many times within this same lifetime, as I always say. Let me pull this thing back up again. There's so much information. I can go on this. I can go on for hours and hours and hours. But let me let me get in here. <clears throat> One second here. Go down. Reincarnation. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> okay, and Thoth says this. In all of these, greatest among the children of men was my father, thought me. Keeper of the great temple, link between the children of light. Now, thought me is actually E-I-N-K-I. That's his father. Thought me is the Sumerian god Enki. Also, in John 12, 36, records the words of Jesus. Believe in the light that you might be the children of light. Why is he saying the same exact thing from the Emerald Tablets? Slightly differently, but the same exact meaning, the same exact thing. It's because either Thoth is, uh, Jesus and Thoth are the same person, or Jesus is some way a bloodline, because we know of this, this virgin birth, like I said earlier, to establish a bloodline. Mary then gives a virgin birth. The grandmother gives a virgin birth. The grandmother was a virgin birth. Then Mary comes, right? then Jesus is now a virgin birth. What is this bloodline being established and why? Is someone using the same technique that Isis used in the Sumerian tablets to create an, a, a bloodline so that Yeshua could come through that specific line? Is this an experimental way of coming back as a human being through the womb, instead of becoming a fully formed grown man every time you, re you reincarnate, because those claim to have the power to reincarnate at will. Did he utilize a particular technique to come through the womb of a woman, a human, and then regain all of his memories 
and grow up more potent and more powerful? Or was Jesus simply a student of the Atlantean priest king of his ancient mystery schools when he went to Egypt to learn the Egyptian mysteries, according to the Gospels of the Holy Twelve? You see, it's a conundrum. It's either one of the two, because the Emerald Tablets is 36,000 years old. And then Jesus is saying all the stuff that's being said in here over and over again. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? That's my question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Though says, I sent for me the sons of Atlantis. I sent them in many directions that from the womb of time, wisdom might rise again in her children. Long dwelt I in the land of Kem, doing great works by the wisdom within me. Though sent this crew to all continents to kickstart new civilizations based on the same basic architect and sciences that he taught in the land of Kem. This is why after the great flood happened and knowledge regained the land, everything would spread out from Kemet. All the wisdom can be traced back to ancient Kemet because that's where everything was kickstarted and rebuilt. That was the first source. And then from there, it spread out around the earth. 36,000 year old text says this, not me. Another Bible verse apparently copied from much older text seems to resonate with the words of Thoth in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the work which God prepared us in advance to us to do, for us to do. And Thoth said, he who encouraged would dare the dark realms, let him be purified first by long fasting. Lie in the sarcophagus of my stone in my, in my chamber. He's talking about one of those rejuvenation chambers. Then reveal I to him the great mysteries. Soon shall he flow to where I shall meet him. Even in the darkness of earth shall I meet him. I thought, Lord of wisdom, meet him and hold him and dwell with him always. We're talking about a consciousness connection. Jesus answered to him saying, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Same exact statement. Same exact statement. And then Thoth goes on to say, build it out of the Great Pyramid. Okay. Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. I mean, I can talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. There's so much going in here. There's so much to go in on. How do I stop the screenshot? There we go. There's so much to go in on in these Emerald Tablets and making a lot of comparison between biblical texts. I have like another, I think, 100 comparisons between Sumerian Tablets, the Mahabharata, in the Sumerian Tablets, I have the, uh, well, the, the Mahabharata is, is, a, is an Indian work, but it also in the Bhagavad Gita, in the um, Atrahasis epic, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, in the Enuma Elish, and more in the um, Myth of Adapa, which I'll cover the next time I do part three of this talk. I'll show you all the comparisons between all those ancient tablets. All right, all those ancient tablets. And you'll say, wow, this is incredible. <clears throat> so Frank B says, uh, what's up, Billy? Putting together a family tree with timeline. Can you help in the perspective of who became first if you haven't already? I'm actually building this whole, we actually have, I can't show it to you here because I can't get up, but I have one that's about eight feet tall. I actually have one done already. And it's going to be on ForbiddenKnowledge.com. It's on a vinyl, it's on a really strong piece of vinyl. It's about this wide. About this wide, it's about eight feet tall. It's a complete genealogy uh, from ancient times. Okay, so I'm gonna have that available to everybody very, very soon. I'll have a downloadable version that somebody can just download to look at. But if you want the kind that you can put on your wall, which I have rolled up like a scroll right now in this closet, it's massive. 
I'll show that I'll show that the next time I come on and we'll uh you know you guys will be able to cover that all right Red Pill Rossi says do you think there were any Vermonters in the biblical text oh absolutely I covered that uh UFOs in the Bible check out my video I did a couple weeks ago about UFOs in the Bible tons of Vermonters in the Bible tons of them I covered quite a few in that video which that video did phenomenal okay before I continue on talking, I have more to say about this, but before I continue, I got to run a quick um, commercial about the Forbidden Conscious Awards that I'm going to come back and I have some more knowledge for you guys tonight. All right, so hang tight and just check out this Conscious Award. Hey everybody, it's Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. I want to talk to you about a very special event coming up July 30th, 2023, the Forbidden Conscious Awards, the first annual event of its type. We're going to honor people who have been contributing to the conscious community for decades. People that you know and love that have helped you get to higher levels of thought and consciousness and awareness. And guess what? It's time to give them their flowers while they're still alive. It's going to be a live in-person event, but seats are going to sell out very fast. You want to make sure you're there in person for this amazing level event. It's going to be above the Oscars, above the Grammys. And guess what? You can help vote for the winners. Voting is available on ForbiddenKnowledge.com. And the categories are going to be social media influencer, podcast slash radio host, TV host, actor, director, producer, entrepreneurs, health and wellness, philanthropists, authors, field researchers, archaeologists, space anomaly hunters, and of course, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And you want to be there in person because I'm going to be speaking. That's right. I'll be your keynote speaker that night at the Forbidden Conscious Awards. If you want to come to a mini conference, this is the place to be because I'm going to give you the knowledge that night as well as performances. We have celebrity guests performing. We'll have a halftime show where we're actually going to perform music for you. And don't forget about the pre-event mixer where if you buy a box seat, you'll be in the VIP section and you also have private access to a VIP mixer with celebrity guests. Shake hands, break bread, network, and then walk the red carpet with us and take amazing photos. It's going to be a night to remember. You don't want to forget this. And you help vote by going to ForbiddenKnowledge.com. Go to the Conscious Awards link. You can text in a vote for who you want for any category, as well as if you're out of the country, you can use the web form ballot to still vote for anyone you think is worthy of being honored that night. Make sure you hurry up and get your tickets because they're selling out very fast. I want to see you there. Forbidden Conscious Awards 2023. It's going to be an amazing night to remember. You want to be there in person. I'll be speaking that night. As you guys know, uh, I'm not doing a lot of conferences anymore. The only If you see me doing a lot of conferences, those are the ones that I'm in control of. Those are the ones that I'm either partnered with, I'm sponsoring, or, or I created them from scratch myself. Uh, and so because of that, these are one of the golden opportunities to come see me speak. I'll be speaking in Miami, Florida at the award show. And so a lot of people always complain. There's nothing on the East Coast, nothing on the East Coast. Well, here we are. We're on the East Coast. So July 30th, come down to Miami. It's going to be an amazing night to remember. You don't want to miss this incredible event. Everyone who gets a ticket gets an amazing benefit. We're going to give you a certificate that will allow you to get a significant discount on airfare and hotel. It's primarily you're paying the taxes on the hotel and the airfare. This is something you can't find anywhere. It's one of our sponsors. I'm talking about a significant discount on airfare and hotel. The one that I tried to book for myself, it only came out to $300. That included my ticket and that included my hotel. I was just doing it as if I was you know, a random person 
just to see what it would cost. And it came out to a little over $300. As you know, it's almost impossible to find a ticket for 300 bucks, yet alone the hotel for two days, for two nights. So you get two nights and airfare for a little over $300. You can't beat that anywhere. And, so, and when you get a ticket, we will email you within a few days your link to register for your certificate. All right? It's going to be amazing. DJ Quicko, please get the companion of the Emerald Tavis, especially if you're a Christian. Learn the truth about Yeshua's teachings. Please attempt to explore the origin text that made the Bible. Thank you, DJ Quicko, for that shout out there. I appreciate you. And thank you for the donation. All right? So it's going to be an amazing event you don't want to miss. I'm going to cover a lot of information on the Book of Enoch. This here is the Books of Enoch because there's several versions of them. People don't know that. There's actually a couple different versions of the Book of Enoch. So I have the first book of Enoch, the Ethiopic book. I have the second book of Enoch, the Slavic Secrets of Enoch book. And I have the third book of Enoch, the Hebrew book of Enoch. Also the book of fallen angels, the watchers and the origins of evil. So I have all of that in this one book combined. I have all this separate too, but I found it was all in one book. I was like, man, this is great. I don't have to keep pulling out all these books. I can just go through one book. And as you can see from my book here, um, you know, the Emerald Tablets, comparing with the Emerald Tablets, I quote all the sources, the Bible, the biblical verses, and you can see the location of the information in the tablets. Clearly, I've gone through this Bible dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times because I know all of these <laughs> verses and where they are in the Bible. A person that just goes to Bible study is not going to have the ability to make all these correlations because Bible study focuses on studying the same things over and over and over again. Very little information, very little knowledge being transferred in Bible study. Very, very little, tiny, a tiny fraction of knowledge. They're never going to make you study the book of Deuteronomy in Bible study. They're never going to make you do a whole, let's spend the next three months on Deuteronomy and break that down. They're not, they're never going to do that. It's going to be the same old stuff, picking out a couple of different, uh, a couple of verses taking them out of context and trying to get you to apply that to your life without any real context of what was going on, no knowledge, no understanding. Some stuff in the Bible can be applied to your life and be great. Some of it can put you in a mental enslavement, a mental prison. So you have to be very, very careful with the biblical text. As with any religious text, you have to be very careful in what you're believing in and what you're allowing your mind to encompass as actual truth. There's things that are in the biblical text. There's things that are in the Quran. There's things that are in various different religious books that I think are phenomenal. I think that I can apply some of those things to my life and get a great result, which I do. Right. Thou shalt not kill. I mean, that's a good that's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's good stuff in Proverbs and, you know, and, and, and Ecclesiastes and things like that. There's good stuff in there. But you got to remember, it's remixed with a lot of craziness. It's remixed with a lot of sociopathic, narcissistic behavior. When one second you have God is all-knowing and all-loving God, and then the next second, he's a brutal, murdering killer. Who's killing all the people in the Bible? Check out that video that I made on YouTube. Who's doing all the killing in the Bible? Let me see if I can find that video and drop that link in here for you guys. Who's doing it? Who's doing all the killing in the Bible? Does anybody, does anybody know? I give you a hint. It ain't Satan. <laughs> it ain't Satan. 
found it. I found it. Let me give you. Let me get. Let me give you guys this link right quick. Make sure you take some time to go watch this video. I'm dropping a link in the comments right now. If you're on Twitter, just go to my YouTube account and type in Billy Carson. Who's doing all the Who's doing all the killing in the Bible? I just dropped that link in there for you. Watch that in your leisure when you get a chance. It's not Satan. Who's killed millions of people? Slaughtered them brutally. Who's killed children, babies? Who's ordered the brutal murder and killing of men, women, and children? It's not Satan. Pretty interesting. So that's why I attribute the God of the Bible, which is actually not the God of the universe, is a entity, actually several entities, to be honest with you, because it's more than one God in the Bible. They use the word God singular, but that's a mistranslation. It's actually gods with an S. They slip up a couple of times and say gods in the Bible with an S. But when they're trying to identify the monotheistic version of God, they always take the S off. When in true reality, when the ancient text, you find that there was the S was there. But these people were evil, brutal, ruling, psychopathic, sociopaths, narcissists. And they um, they were deadly people, very deadly, very, very um, murderous, killing people, ruthless, ruthless killers. And then you pray to them thinking that that was actually the creator of the universe when it's not. There is a creator of the universe. There is a divine love that exists that permeates the entire universe. But the one written about in that book is not it. Is not it. So at least you can have solace in knowing that there is a creator. There is a divine energy that flows through everything and every atom in, in the entire universe. That's based on science. We are living in a creation that's based on real science. What I'm telling you is in that book, that's not the one who did it. That's not the one who did it. Not even close. Even they said themselves, and I do mean they, that the creator of all will punish them for what they did here on this planet. That's in the Sumerian tablets. They said the creator of all will punish them for what they did. They even know they have a reckoning in themselves. They never called God a him or a he. Won't he do it? They never said they never said him or he. They called it the creator of all. And where else does that show up? In the Emerald Tablets. Thoth never called himself a god. He never told people to pray to him. He's one of the very few that did not masquerade as a god, although he could have. When he left uh, the different regions of the earth, the people there who were left behind eventually deified him because that's what people do. We do dumb stuff. We start saying, it was this guy was God. No, he wasn't. As a matter of fact, there's a verse here where people start groveling at his feet. And he says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Calm down. <laughs> I'm a son of Atlantis. I'm here to help you. He didn't say, yes, grovel at my feet. I am your Lord God. You pray to me. You blah, 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 blah. He didn't do that. Now, some of these people, his relatives, his uncle did that. His uncle made people pray to him. His cousin made people pray to him. His brother, Amun-Ra, made people say amen after every prayer. And they were at odds. Him and his brother were at odds with each other. They always fought. They had battles. And uh, thought me, also known as Enki, said, Thoth, you go to, go to the other side of the planet, man. Start something over there. And Thoth took some African all mix with him to Mesoamerica. 
and kickstarted the whole Teotihuacan civilization. What does Teotihuacan mean? Translate to the city of Thoth. That's in Mexico. That's where I'm going in two weeks. Teotihuacan, the city of Thoth. That's why the pyramid there, the pyramid of the sun, is the same exact dimensions of the base of the Great Pyramid at Giza. The alignment is the same alignment with Orion at the Great Pyramid and the other two pyramids that are sitting there on the Giza Plateau. Both pyramids are built on top of aquifers, right? And the Pyramid of the Sun, which is the larger pyramid at Teotihuacan, is exactly 50% the height of the Pyramid uh, at Giza, the Great Pyramid at Giza. It's the same, same architect, same exact architect. His name is Thoth. He went there with Africans from uh, Africa and built the Teotihuacan civilization. They extended all throughout Mesoamerica, all down into Tulum, down in through the jungle, into the Yucatan Peninsula, down into Chichen Itza. All of that was built. The Mayans built nothing. And they admit they built nothing in their own records. They will teach you this when you go study archaeology and ancient civilizations in college. The Mayans built absolutely nothing. They had no knowledge. They inherited what was already there. The Aztecs who came a couple hundred years after the Mayans also inherited what was there. The Aztecs were uh, in a in a um, another part of Mesoamerica where they, uh, they were living in a valley. That, that valley had a volcanic eruption. The mountain behind them was a volcano. It was active. It erupted. It destroyed everything. Some of them died. They had to go find a new place to live. As they journeyed through the jungle, they stumbled upon Teotihuacan. And guess what? They moved right on in. Again, they built nothing. They built nothing. It was already there. Up until certain parts of the dynastic, like the later dynastic era of Egypt, they built nothing. Now, some of the parts like Karnak and Luxor, which are a lot newer, yes, they had their hand in that. Clearly, you can see not super megalithic structures. Clearly, you can see blocks put into blocks cut and then stacked on top of each other in different ways. Some of the knowledge had been lost. The super ancient, super megalithic structures that were built were coming out of Kemet long before the dynastic era even happened. You see? So we're talking about a super ancient culture and a super ancient race of people that encompassed the whole planet. They went around the entire planet, pole to pole, creating and building civilizations everywhere with megalithic structures that were very similar in style and size. And over time, their knowledge had become lost. And whoever was around moved in and inherited what was already there. Right? That's how it got there. Anyway, so yeah, I'll be in Teotihuacan, the city of Thoth, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go to the film for the new TV series, Anunnaki History. It's a brand new series that I'm creating on Forbidden Knowledge TV. It's going to be on documentary level quality. The quality is going to be just like the Black Knight Satellite documentary you saw, which won Independent Film of the Year. So that's the quality level it's going to be on. I'm going to get some on-site video footage done to add to the show, to the TV series. And so that'll be one of the first places I go on site uh, with, you know, to film uh, for the Anunnaki History TV series. But tonight's been a great night. I'm going to come back again and do some more on these topics. I'm going to continue to teach. I'm going to continue to bring the wisdom and the knowledge. I'm going to continue to bring information that people can look up and research for themselves. Because why? If you don't do your own research, you have nothing. 
If you rely on every person that you hear speaking to give you knowledge versus you hearing it and going, wow, that sparked something in me. Let me check this out. Now you're growing. Now you're becoming better. Now you're ascending. Now you're working on becoming an ascended master. When you begin to dig in and follow up and look into things yourself, you might find things that I never said. You might find things that connect the dots to other things that I have never even thought of before. You might come up with a different opinion than I have. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay too. But at least you took the time, the energy, and the effort to begin to enlighten yourself by asking yourself questions and looking up those answers. You see? The more we rely on outside sources for all information, the dumber we get. Like this AI thing that's going on right now. I'm so glad I got the knowledge in my head. I'm so you have no, I'm so happy that the knowledge is in here. You're going to see situations where people who look like they're experts on information are going to be asked random questions on live video and they won't be able to come up with the answer because they don't have it in here. They were pressing buttons on a computer or a phone and it gave them the information, it gave them answers and they regurgitated it like a robot. When you don't have the information in here, you're useless. You're useless. You have nothing. You have nothing. I've been on over 3,000 podcasts from questions ranging from ancient civilizations all the way to quantum physics, philosophy, philosophies, um, you know, uh, what else I've, I've talked about? Biology, rocket science, astrophysics. I mean, you name it. And guess what? 99% of the time, I have a great conversation and I have all the answers. Why? Because the information is in here. I didn't squander my time on this planet. I didn't squander my ability to grow this muscle right here. I didn't squander it. While all my friends were out partying and getting drunk and getting high and having sex with a million girls and spending all their money on clubs, I was filling this up. I had a little party in here and here. I got my little piece in here, but I didn't overdo it. Everything within balance. Everything within balance. While they were running around the streets, spending up all their money, I was getting the knowledge and I was applying the knowledge and building businesses and building myself up. And now you can ask me questions in financial literacy. You can ask me questions in dealing with ancient civilizations. You can ask me questions in quantum physics. You can ask me questions in philosophy. You can ask me questions about anything pretty much. And 99% of the time, I'm going to have some answers. I mean, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. But damn it, I got a lot of answers. But you know why? Because I spend my time in these things. I spend all my time with these things. Books. I spend all my time studying and researching. I spend all my time. I spent over 20 years reading over 1,000 books, scriptures, cylinder scrolls, ancient texts, tablets from all over the world, papyruses and everything else. And it's all in here. I didn't squander my time. My mother always told me, whatever you want to learn is in a book. Whatever you want to learn is in a book. This is long before the internet came out, you know? So long before the internet came out, we're talking about the 1970s. My mother told me, whatever you want to learn is in a book. And I took that to heart. 
And I've gone through, I've gobbled up thousands of books. Gobbled them right up. Where the average person is only touching on a couple of pages here or there or reading a couple of scriptures here or there. If you're a person that's relying on a biblical text or biblical book, the Bible, for example, and the information in there to secure your place in eternity, you want to secure your place in eternity with this biblical information. And yet you couldn't answer probably 10 questions that I would ask. You have to begin to ask yourself, how in the hell does this guy know more about the Bible than me? And I'm hoping for a place in eternity based on this information. There's a problem. You have to look in the mirror and realize you haven't done any work. You haven't asked any questions. You haven't sought out the answer to any questions if you did ask them. You're just going with the flow. That's a big problem. That's the nature of our reality in the society we live on this planet today. Everyone just going with the flow, doing no research, no, dig no digging, no investigation. Even these trolls out here that come up with these videos, their research capability is so poor that the information they put out becomes defamation because they, don't, they themselves don't know what they're doing. And they think they did a great job researching. They need to be taught a class on how to research. They know nothing. They're living in a world of people that do poor research. You want to get to this mythical, magical place called heaven based off of one book. And in your brain, that one book has everything in it you need. And it's all accurate. Don't even question it. If you question it, you're going to go to hell. That's what they tell you. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not accurate. Take the fear. False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. False evidence appearing real. Take that fear and kick it to the side. And start doing some digging and start asking some serious questions. Because anytime I can sit down with a religious person, including pastors, and ask them questions that they can't answer, what they start saying is, don't question God, because they don't have to answer. You can't question the scripture. They don't have to. That means, that, means, that means I don't have the answer. And getting still, you want to get to this paradise for all eternity, and you don't know anything. I remember this one Christian guy I met one day. He was talking to me. I said, well, what's Jesus' brother's name? You know, you told me you love Jesus. He said, I started off like this. I said, you told me you love Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart. That's all I focus on. I said, really? I said, how many years? The guy says, over 20 years he'd been a Christian. I said, well, what's Jesus' brother's name? He didn't know the answer. <laughs> I love my fiance. I can get, if you ask me what her brother's name is, I'm going to tell you his name. I know his name. How are you going to love somebody so much that you are lying on this entity for eternity and you don't know the name of this guy's brother? I'd be asking simple questions, too. I don't be asking a hard question. I ask simple questions. They just have no clue. I told this one guy, give me, I said, how many years have you been reading the Bible? This guy said it was almost like 50 years. He's an older guy. I said, give me a two-paragraph summary of the book of Deuteronomy. Go. Book of Deuteronomy? Yeah, give me a two-paragraph summary. What's going on in the book of Deuteronomy? What's happening in there? Tell me. Just give me a sum. Give me something. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Can't do it. No clue. Can't do it. There's a problem with that. There's a big problem with that. When I start asking basic questions that you can't answer, this other guy, when was the rapture added to the Bible? Rapture added to the Bible? 
No, no, that's part of the, that's a canonized text. No, that ain't no canonized text. Who wrote the scripture? It was actually a footnote. What year was it written? And why was it added to the Bible? Can't answer. William James Darby, 1835, added a footnote to a biblical text on a theory he had about a rapture event. Doesn't really exist. Later on, some pastors saw it as a way to great a great way to control people and added it as the canonized text and reprinted it as published, you know, text in the Bible. As if it was a real verse. Doesn't exist. You see? Doesn't exist. <laughs> but you can ask these questions. They have no clue about these questions. They have no clue about the answer to these questions because they don't do any research. The pastor jumps up and he screams and he screams and he sweats all over the place and his sweat splashing on you. And he's knocking you out with these, with these invisible power blows and everything else. And you're getting you all hype and they're playing the music at the right frequency that gets everybody shaking. A good rock and roll song would make you do the same thing. I see Michael Jackson on stage have people in the audience shaking, vibrating, and talking in tongues and passing out, just like a pastor can do. It's all about the right frequency and vibration. You can psych anybody out. You can psych yourself out into believing in all this stuff. At the end of the day, what knowledge do you really have and can you apply that knowledge? Why can I go to my old neighborhood in Opelika in Miami, Florida, and there's about, and within only maybe a five mile radius, there's about 60 churches. <laughs> there's literally a church on every corner, sometimes two on a corner. And the city is worse than when I left it. How come I can go around this entire country and every time I go to an impoverished area, there's a million churches there sucking up the money, the little bit of money that people have in the community, and the community is going down the tubes. How come I can do that? Because it's being used as a manipulation tactic because the people there, they are wanting some kind of change, some miraculous event to happen so badly that they're willing to block any sense of logic whatsoever, toss it out of the window and give their last dime, their, their rent money due to that prosperity. You know the prosperity message. They always come with the prosperity message. You got to give till it hurts. You got to give till it hurts. Give up that money. If you put something in the plate and it ain't the right amount and you know you got more money to give and blah, 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 blah. And if you don't do this and you don't do that, you're never going to see a return. So you give up everything you got. They press that plate around 10 times. You put everything you got in that plate. Now you can't, Monday comes, you can't pay your rent. You can't pay your light bill. You can't pay your car note. And the pastor running around the back staircase with this big, huge wad of money. You go take care of all his bills are paid. Then you come back and say, hey, uh, I need I got my I'm, I'm about to get evicted. Can you pay this off for me right quick? I've been coming here for 20 years. They ain't going to pay that off. Hey, pastor, you know, what? I got a great business idea. Here's my business plan. I want the church to fund it for me because I've been coming here for 20 years and all my kids now are growing up. They've been coming here and everybody been tired and nonstop. And we only need about $15,000 to start this company. And we need you guys to go ahead and, uh, you know, make that seed investment for us. <laughs> Ain't happening. 
Matter of fact, you might get excommunicated from the church for even asking that question. <laughs> Look, man, we got to wake up. <laughs> we got to wake up. We've been pimped. The best thing you can do is admit you've been pimped. It's going to hurt you for a, a good, about a good two months, three, three months. All right. But you got to start asking the right question. You got to start looking at what you're believing in, because anytime you say I'm, I'm relying on this information for my eternal life. But you don't even know the verses I just spoke on tonight in my book. You didn't even know some of those verses existed. If you're relying, somebody tells me, if you want to make it to eternity, what's in this book, whatever this book is, what's in this book is what you got to know. Man, I'm going to, not only am I going to study that book backwards and forward, forward and frontwards, I'm going to probably eat the pages. Yet and still, what you see is people are told this, and this is why it doesn't happen, and I'm going to end with this. The reason why people who are mostly Christians, unfortunately, sit back, kick their feet up, and watch the world burn is because they're told that all they have to do is beg this outside deity named Jesus for forgiveness, and then all their sins will be absolved, erased, right? So they, in their mind, man, I messed up again. Oh, I was like, okay, I could just say, forgive me, and I can keep on going. Now I don't have to answer, for, I don't have to be responsible for my own wrongdoings. I don't have to take responsibility for my life. I can do whatever I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, then I can just beg for forgiveness and get a fresh start again. I don't have to take responsibility for what I'm doing and how I'm acting and what I'm being. I can just blame that on the devil. The devil made me do it. He whispered in my ear. There's a devil out there that can whisper in the ears of millions and billions of people and make you do things. No, that devil that's in your ear is your own self talking to yourself, making you do dumb stuff that you did. That you yourself did. No, nobody else influenced you. You did it. You're the one that did that. And then you absolve yourself by begging forgiveness to this other entity. And now you just keep going in this cycle of doing dumb stuff and begging for forgiveness and doing dumb stuff and begging for forgiveness. And if I do it just the right time, right before I die, if I could time it right before my last heartbeat, I might make it into heaven. That's what y'all are doing. It's all about fear-based. It's all about self-survival, self-preservation. It has nothing to do with love whatsoever. Zero to do with love. Zero. It's all about how can I save my own skin so I don't burn in this fake lake of fire that they told me about for all eternity. That's what it's all about. So at some point, you got to start asking yourself deeper, harder questions about life about this religious belief system that you've been forced, that's been forced on you, that's been fed and shoved down your throat your whole life. And you've been told, don't ask questions, don't question this, don't question that. I saw this one pastor who was this female pastor. She was on uh, TV, jumping around, screaming, sweating all over everybody, talking about some, thank goodness for slavery. Otherwise we'd still be in Africa praying to a tree. Thank goodness for slavery. This lady doesn't even know anything about African spirituality. She probably couldn't tell you the first thing about African spirituality or even her own bloodline and where they came from or even what part of Africa they were even from. Or if they were even from Africa, they might have been from America before America was America. 
And she jumping around here talking about some thank God for slavery. Like millions of people had to be slaughtered and died and whipped and beat so that she can find this ability to absolve her sins through an outside entity so she can don't have to take responsibility for her own actions. <laughs> you see, the, there's no logic in that. There's zero logic in it. Zero. You know, in the New Testament, the Bible says, Jesus says this. He says, honor your slave master as you would honor me. Honor your slave master as you would honor me. Jesus is condoning slavery in the New Testament. You see, that's garbage. So you could tell that's a remix. Somebody said, you know what? Let me add this little piece in here because I got to keep these slaves on the check. Let me add this in here. We're going to print this. Because, you know, back in the time of the Torah, yeah, they had they liked to have them house slaves. No, they had them. It was, it's, it's all in the Bible. Lots of slaves back then. Lots of slaves. Let's make this slavery okay. Then you get into the New Testament. All of a sudden, they're like, you know what? We got to keep these slaves going. I don't care about this New Testament. We got to keep the slaves. Uh, honor your, Jesus says, honor your slave master as you would honor me. Now, do you think the creator of the universe is going to tell you to honor a slave master? Come on now. If you believe that, I don't know. I don't want to say nothing crazy, but you might, go, you might have to go get an IQ test. You might have to go get an IQ test. And then from there, you might have to go sit down and see, you know, what you can do to what kind of supplements you could take, what kind of vitamins you can take to help boost your brain, brain power. If you believe that, you, you got to do something. You got to do something. If you believe that the creator of the universe is okaying, that you can honor your slave master. Come on now. Ginkgo biloba, blueberries, uh, you know, um, you might need some, some grapeseed extract, uh, and, uh, you know, something. Get the brain pumping, please. Please do something. Because if you believe that, you really, 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 really need some something. I, I can't tell you what it is, but you, you got to go find out what it is. Because that's low IQ, low frequency. In the New Testament, the Bible tells you, again, Jesus speaking to a slave master about beating the slave. And he's telling the slave master, don't beat him too bad. You don't want to kill him. Just beat him to within like an inch of his life. Because, you know, we need him to keep him to continue to do the work. But you don't want to kill him. We're going to punish you if you kill the slave. You can beat him, but don't kill him. How come they're not teaching that in Bible study every single Sunday or Wednesday night, whenever they go? How come they're not doing that. You didn't know about that either, did you? You see? Foolishness. Foolishness. So, again, become your own person. Become your own researcher. Start asking questions. Ask yourself questions. Look at information that contradicts itself and start trying to figure out why is it contradicting and then use some basic logic and you'll figure out what's being told to you is not exactly what happened. What's being taught to you to believe in wholeheartedly for eternity is not even coming from the word of the creator of the universe itself. It's coming from human beings, from men. Actual flesh and blood men that put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you. All you need to know is this, and I'm going to end. The divine spark that created everything in the entire universe 
is inside of every atom in your body. Meaning that you are God and God is you. You are the divine walking in the flesh already to experience life like it is in the third dimension as you. And everything that exists in the entire third dimension that's made of atoms, and we know that everything in the third dimension is made of what? Atoms. Is conscious. This microphone is conscious. This cell phone is conscious. The book is conscious. Why? Because it's made of atoms. And we know in quantum physics that atoms are conscious because electrons are conscious and electrons orbit the nucleus of the atom. So everything is alive. We don't make a cell phone. We don't make a microphone. We stack atoms like Legos and then we can convert it into a, an object that we can utilize for our own personal benefit. However, the atoms themselves that are in this, that are stacked up, are conscious, period. And if you understand that everything is conscious, and you taught that to your kids, their clothes are conscious. And you teach them what it means to be conscious and you teach them to respect everything that's conscious, well then they will treat everything better. You would treat everything better. You, you will treat everything you have and own with respect and dignity. You would take care of things better. You would be more grateful for things because you would realize that everything you're touching, everything you're dealing with, including the chair I'm, the chair I'm sitting on, is conscious. A rock is conscious. That's the power of knowing spirituality and knowledge and wisdom. Not believing in these fake gods in this book that are leading you to your own demise. Got you sitting back thinking you didn't made it because you can say, hey, forgive me. And you're still doing the dirt. You've been absolved, but you're not taking any responsibility for your own actions, for your own life. And you just keep doing it over and over again like a broken record. How about breaking out of that mold and changing the cycle, changing the system, changing the paradigm and realizing who you are and what you are and walking in that power? That's when your life is going to change. And that's when your family life is going to change as well. All right, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thanks for being a part of Forbidden Knowledge. I'm going to close out with this amazing opportunity for you to get a Mercedes Benz from this raffle. I'm going to drop the raffle link in the chat. This raffle, the, some of the proceeds go to help communities and schools, which are children that are desperately in need. All right. So if you want to get a chance to win this Mercedes Benz AMG, click the link in the comments and I'll see you guys. guys click that link in the comments you might win that mercedes-benz amg all right until next time i'm signing out third eye love peace <laughs>